This is the ERP Advisor. The ERP Advisor's Overview of IFS. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our webinar today. This summer, ERP Advisors Group is spotlighting the most prominent vendors in the ERP software market. Today, we will be discussing IFS and their offerings and providing key insights into our experiences working with them. Hi, Sean. Thank you for Hello. joining me today. You bet. Yeah. So I guess um, IFS is a large company, right? Pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So can I mean, you start us off by maybe talking to us about who they are and what they do. And yeah. It's probably one of the largest ERP vendors that you may not know that much about. Okay. That's that's kind of um IFS is an interesting company. It's um it's out of Sweden. Um yeah, Scandinavia. And it's um it's actually it's under a billion a year in revenue. But they're in like 50 countries. Right. So, and the solution's been in existence for a long time, for, um, well, since about 1983, according to my cheat sheet. Um, so, you know, we're talking about 40 years. So, so it's, it's, it's been along for, you know, been around for a really long time. Um, but it's, it's pretty, it's bigger kinds of software. You know, they sort of target more of a, maybe smaller end of tier one, maybe it fits in just below an SAP, but definitely the larger size of, of tier two solutions for sure. So, you know, it's industrial software. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but, but yeah, that's, that's IFS. Yeah. What, what type of software do they sell and do they focus on certain industries or do they work better in different industries? Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of an interesting firm in that, um, I'm trying to think of who would be similar. Probably some of the um, maybe the Infobon product. It's now called LN, um, but but it's it's their software. IFS is more based around kind of enterprise asset management. So um, think about a, a company that has a lot of assets, like power generation company like they own utilities not just the utility company but they own like the generation um facilities um so there's there's a lot of maintenance repair and operations or mro that happens um so that's a big deal there's a lot of field services management um companies f you know field services that use um ifs um as well as kind of core sort of um, ERP functionality. So, so that's why you get the um, heavy asset intensive industries. Um, again, think about, you know, an organization has a ton of field services people out there, but they also do manufacturing. And, and interesting in the manufacturing space is that they do have a pretty big focus around process manufacturing as well, which is different than discrete. Discrete, of course, is making a specific thing like a water bottle or a phone. Right. Whereas process is more chemicals or um, even some kinds of foods, ingredients, and you know, that type of thing. So, um, so, so when you think about IFS, that's usually where, where we tend to put them into is sort of around kind of project-based field services heavy asset, you know, great equipment uh, maintenance and tracking solutions, preventative maintenance. You know, we got a lot of machines. Like you really think about these great companies around the world, really, mm -hmm. that have, um, you know, lots of assets that need to be maintained and updated and scheduled. And IFS is really best for that kind of a solution. 
Okay. Well, um, can you talk a little bit about the prominent features of this particular platform? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of touching on some of them even. Um, sorry about that. Let me put that back. Doggy <laughs> just ran by. Um, but, um, but, you know, enterprise asset management. So when you think about sort of asset management, it's, it's not like um, just depreciation, right? The financial side handles depreciation really well. But this is things like, again, maintenance schedules, work orders, preventative maintenance, vehicle sort of information management. You know, like you think about, again, about a lot of assets and you have a lot of stuff you got to track about them, usage to a specific project, right? They're super good in that enterprise asset management space. Um, also, like I said, field services, um, definitely kind of project-based manufacturing, batch process manufacturing, all the kind of manufacturing stuff that's out there. Um, and even a lot of project stuff too, right? There's there's some, you know, kind of good job and project costing that um, that would be needed as well as even, you know, environmental health and safety and some of the HR stuff that an organization that has a lot of assets would need. IFS actually has those solutions as well. So it's definitely a full breadth of software. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we have a client right now, or it's a prospect that we're talking to that uses IFS just for field services. And one of the options for them is to roll out um, IFS across the whole organization for accounting and some manufacturing stuff that they're doing. So IFS can do that kind of stuff. Right. But, right. but you know, if you think about like on the opposite side would be like a work day, right? Where mm-hmm. IFS is more about the machines, the accounting, the projects, the maintenance, you know, like all this stuff, right? It's it, But they do have HR payroll and mm-hmm. they do have expense management, recruiting and some of those other functions. But the workday solution is more targeted towards like a knowledge worker business, right? Where and, and there's others for sure, but whereas IFS is more around again, capital, heavy capital intensive businesses. Right. Are they it can the software be customizable to fit an organization's needs, or is it kind of you buy the package and you get what you get and use what you need kind of thing? Yeah, it, it can be customized. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's you know, any almost any software solution can be customized. I mean, even QuickBooks can a little bit. So IFS does have a pretty good development platform as well. So if you need to build stuff out, you can. Now, IFS has spent a lot of effort in the last couple of years really getting their cloud strategy really dialed in. And, and they're moving towards the kind of a public cloud solution, having the solutions up in some of the bigger data center systems and that. And with that kind of a new platform does come kind of this configuration methodology. What's the best way to customize and what's not? So um, IFS implementations traditionally are pretty big. Like they're probably, they're they're not as big as maybe some of the bigger tier ones, but they're right underneath that because there is so much configuration customization that goes into that solution for sure. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to um, their ownership structure and then what kind of uh, partner ecosystem that they have? Yeah, yeah, I could definitely do that. Um, interestingly enough, as a as a Swedish-based organization, um, IFS is owned by a private equity firm called EQT. And um, that that's interesting because that organization, I think I researched this at one point, is owned or it's the it's the private equity arm of some um, Swedish families that have been around for a long time. So 
there you go. Right. And, and that family, that, that, that firm or fund, or I guess there's multiple funds that EQT has, but, and I'm sure there's more than just that investor, but, um, but that organization EQT also has taken um, another um, ERP under its wing called Acumatica. So oh, interesting. EQT owns both um, IFS and Acumatica. It's very interesting. Yeah. But those two applications play so differently, they never are going to um, overlap. So they're like two different solutions. But, um, but recently, EQT sold a minority interest to a firm called HG, which is a, another private equity firm. I'm not sure where HG is out of, actually. That's interesting. Um, but but when, when HG put in that investment, we don't know how much. We just know they became a significant minority investor. The value that was put on IFS, and they actually have another business called WorkWave that is more specific to field services that are kind of solutions together. But the value that was the market cap or the market value, I should say, was put on that business was $10 billion. Oh, wow. So, you know, even though you've maybe never heard of IFS before, it's just organizations were $10 billion. They got a lot of customers. Um, you know, they got a lot of people in the space that are using their solutions, you know, 10,000 customers, 4,500 employees in 50 countries. They've got good revenue um, and they're private equity backed by a pretty strong firm. I mean, we've watched EQT as it relates to IFS as well as Acumatica. They seem to be like a long-term player. Um, again, they sold just a little piece of their of the of their equity. It sounds like to HG, who also seems to be kind of a long term player. Um, uh, HG has some other businesses. Um, there's a there's a uh, uh, a financial planning and analysis tool or corporate performance management tool called Profix. Um, yeah. HG has a. I think they actually own all of Profix. So, you know, these guys play in software also, EQTs and Acumatica, like it all makes sense. There's many other solutions too, like Insight Software that HG has and some other stuff. So, you know, it's a good story is what I'm trying to say. But IFS's presence isn't as much in the U.S. as it is globally. So it's That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to ask you, are they more, since they're based out of Sweden, are they more... Um, maybe they work more with European companies and they're just like slowly being more known here in um, the States. Is, is that right or no? I think that's right. That's what I'm observing. Again, anybody out there that's listening to this and has a different opinion needs to tell us for sure. Um, but, but that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm seeing two things that, that support that. One is that IFS is investing in their salespeople. Um, a lot more North American-based salespeople. And they're good people that have good ERP experience. And they're nice to talk to. I love that. It's, it's so nice to have nice salespeople. Right. Um, so that's one thing. But also their partner channel. I think they're increasing their partner channel in North America. Uh, there's some great partners. Uh, we work with one um, today that's really, really good. And so, you know, that 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 investment in the partner channel is really like, that tells us a lot, right? Because you have companies, Enterprise Consulting, it's called. I think they're the North America's first IFS platinum partner. Uh, you know, we, we work with them when we want to bring in IFS. We work with IFS directly too. So, you know, I think we're going to see more IFS come up um, because it's also a nice alternative to definitely SAP, right? That's who really competes in the spaces that they operate in the most. 
and it is lower cost. They're getting their cloud strategy set, you know, nice viability, long-term roadmap stuff, all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, from your experience of working with IFS, um, do you, can you talk to how, why they win um, over their competitors? That's a great question. Um, you know, they really do have this, this, this heavy capital intensive kind of micro vertical, right? Whether it's manufacturing or mining or, um, you know, big uh, uh, energy companies, whatever. They've got, or maybe not the biggest energy companies, but that next level down, they have a cost-effective solution that's going to be easier to deploy than the tier ones, but it's much more deep in those areas than say a NetSuite or even an Acumatica or a more general ERP. So that's where we're seeing them coming in. I think we're vetting them right now in a process, a food process or batch manufacturing environment. We'll see how they do there, but so far so good. So, and again, good people to work with. And um, it's, it is interesting to note the Sweden um, sort of origins, because if you look at um, the two solutions that Microsoft, I know we're going to talk about them at another time very mm-hmm. soon. But the two solutions that are the go-forward products for Microsoft are also from Scandinavia, interestingly oh, enough. Right, right. So, right. you know, you look at Germany, you can't not look at Germany, and then you think about the this, this Scandinavia kind of influence on software. I mean, there's tons of software written in North America also, of course. But um, anyway, I just think it's interesting that um, IFS really has sort of kind of, you know, they've broadened out across the world. But again, I think we're going to see them more um, in North America. Very, we, we already are, especially with yeah. some of the partners that are that are really taking responsibility for the product and getting it out of non-existence with the market. Right, right, right. Well, can you um, talk to us a little bit? Do you know about their pricing structure? You know, um, it's it's pretty straightforward from what we've seen. So if, if you think about a typical project, um, usually, you know, we will put together sort of like, a, you know, an RFI, right? And we mm-hmm. sort of say, okay, here's, here's the customer's um, requirements, the business requirements, and then here's the number of users um, that the customer has in these different areas. Pretty basic, right? So without getting into all the details that we can't because it is confidential, but, but if you look at IFS model, it's, it, it definitely sort of reflects that, that kind of a, here's sort of the subscription cost based on the modules that you're going to need. Um, and based on, <clears throat> excuse me, based off the users, mm-hmm. you know, here's a, a term that we can do. They're very willing to work and be flexible with a little bit longer term, um, I, I, which is good. You know, our, our customers, you know, the, the, the heavy asset intensive industries, they're kind of risk adverse for technology. They spend a ton of money on, you know, autonomous mining trucks cruising around in Africa and wherever, you know, like, I mean, they, they spend a ton and tons and tons of money on batch uh, process machines that are mixers and, and heaters and condensers and all that stuff. But when it comes to enterprise software, they're not as aggressive. Um, they're, they're a little more risk adverse there. So we like that IFS is willing to do, you know, good long-term contracts with our customers so that when they get into the solution, we can lock in the pricing for that. So that's um, right. So not pricing, be surprised later on down the road, right? That's exactly right. Yep. So, so pricing is pretty common. And again, on those, those good contracts, I think things are good there. 
Um, implementation wise, you know, the rates are very fair, uh, very competitive with everybody else. So, you know, it's, it's their competitive pricing for sure. Um, they do kind of tend towards, um, I would say more the tier two upper end of the tier two pricing, you know, in terms of recurring costs without getting into too many specifics. So you're going to want to have a business that's bigger, right. That has more, um, ROI that they're going to get from the software because they can automate more processes and, you know, streamline things and save people a lot of time. But again, very, very competitive pricing for sure. Okay. Well, Sean, thanks so much for sharing what um, you know about uh, IFS. And maybe we'll circle back too once you've had a little more experience with them and, um, and we can um, learn more about them later down the road. Yep, that sounds great. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, continue to be on the lookout for our multi-part series this summer that will help advance your ERP knowledge and allow you to take advantage of over a century of combined ERP experience from our expert consultants here at EAG. Thank you again for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This summer, ERP Advisors Group will be reviewing the most prominent ERP software vendors in the market. For more information about these vendors, please visit our website at erpadvisorsgroup.com. You can also find more EAG content by following us on social media or by subscribing to our podcast, The ERP Advisor.